Hi, I'm Danny. And I'm Damika. And we're biracial unicorns. The spooky sword. Oh. <laughs> All right, y'all. You know, fall time is our favorite time, and October is our favorite month. So we're back with another spooky sode in lieu of our normal kind of. 10 minutes of geeky rambling. Instead, this week, I will be sharing probably not quite 10 minutes of a scary story <laughs> uh, with y'all and Tamika here today. Yay! Um, so I got my tea. I've mm. got dark lipstick on. Um, mm. Last Our last episode, my light kept going out every time I'd speak about ghosts. So I'm trying to see if it's going to stay on. I hope it does go out. There's a I'm couple gonna... of points where it'll be a good time for it to go out. Yeah, we're we're gonna see. We're gonna see. We're oh, like so. So I'm excited to hear Danny's spooky loop. If you don't understand that, you didn't listen to the other one, and you should probably go do that. And it is, in fact, a spooky loop. <gasps> the light already <laughs> went off, y'all. <laughs> this is nuts. What the heck? I cannot. <laughs> Actually, I wanted to like close the episode of like, you know, it's scary that these ghost stories not being registered to vote or not being <laughs> vaccinated. Like, yeah. I'm just using it for like other like not taking care of our environment. So here's yeah. a link. <laughs> it's all it's all spooky out there. I don't know what we're doing. Adding Girl. to the spooky. <laughs> I but think that's here why we, are. we like I think that's why we like this because we're just like, <laughs> oh, disemboweled ghost sounds like reapers bodies floating this is nothing there are people out there who don't believe in science <laughs> yeah for real though for real i so last year if you're a long time listener to the show you may have listened to our spooky shows last year and last year i talked about the haunted train the ghost train of abe lincoln <laughs> So I kind of use that as a starting point to find something spooky locally. So, yes, there's lots of trains and the railroad will play a part in today's story. But the biggest connection is I am keeping it in New Mexico, but I'm heading to Lincoln County, New Mexico. <laughs> Perfect. So Lincoln County was at one point the largest county in the entire country. Can you believe that, Tamika? <laughs> I cannot. Like, I just, yeah. anyway, yeah, I cannot. Yeah, for, for those of you who are less familiar with New Mexico and New Mexico geography and populations, Lincoln County is kind <laughs> of south central New Mexico, or a little bit east. And it is pretty much anywhere outside of Bernalillo County and Santa Fe County. Bernalillo is where Albuquerque is, is like rural. So the fact that it used to be the largest county in, in the country blows my mind. That's crazy. Lincoln County is known for, for many things. Most recently, it's known as the home of Ruidoso, New Mexico, which is the largest city, largest town in Lincoln County and is the hometown of Neil Patrick Harris. But there's a lot of like Old West sort of stories that come out of that area. So in the late 1870s, there was the Lincoln County War, which was essentially a big battle between 
two different like general store factions, essentially one that was kind of the largest general store in the county and then a smaller general store that was founded by ranchers in the county and they all wanted to sell things and then they started killing each other and retaliation and then Billy the Kid was part of that. Two graves of Billy the Kid are in Lincoln County. Don't ever mention Billy the Kid to my husband. He can't he can't handle it. It makes him so mad. <laughs> oh my goodness. Now I have to yes. talk to him about this. Yes, yes. We did go to the Billy the Kid Museum once. So that's where that comes from. But what I really want to focus on today in my story, the 1880s in the era of the gold rush. So the gold rush, you know, hit everywhere in the Western U.S. And it was really kind of a a way people saw to like build their fortune, make easy money. So even if there was like just tiny bits of gold found in a stream somewhere, like all of a sudden whole towns would pop up and everyone would be mining and looking for gold throughout New Mexico. But in particular, I want to talk about Bonito City, which was in Lincoln County. So in 1882, the gold fever really hit. At that time, Bonito City was only a cluster of small tents. It wasn't even really a city. And because of that, they found some gold. And so lots of people started to move in and very quickly it became a proper city. In the mid-1880s, there was a schoolhouse, three general stores, a saloon, a post office, a boarding house, a blacksmith, a lawyer, a church. In 1885... There was at the boarding house, the boarding house was run by a family called the Mayberries, and it was kind of a boarding house slash hotel, really the only only place in the city to stay. And so they took lots of people in. But at this point, there were only two people staying at the boarding house. So there was a doctor who was visiting from Boston. His name was Dr. R.E. Flynn. And there was Martin Nelson. Now, Martin Nelson claimed to be a miner, but as far as I could tell, nobody actually recalled him ever working. So he, he had that desire to cash in on the gold, but he didn't have the drive to actually do the work. And so instead, Mr. Nelson turned to a life of petty crime to support himself. There are varied accounts. Some people say that he just he had just come into town at that point, but some people say he had been living there for four years already at this point. What I can tell you on Tuesday, May 5th, 1885, at 3 a.m., Martin Nelson made a fatal mistake. That night, he decided that he was going to steal a watch from Dr. Flynn. And so he went to his room, and in his attempt to steal the watch, he awoke Dr. Flynn, who rightfully freaked out and called for help. And there was an altercation, and Martin Nelson panicked and shot and killed Dr. Flynn. As he was turning to leave the room, John Mayberry Sr., 
who was the owner of the boarding house, along with his two sons, John Jr. and either Eddie or Robert, there's conflicting names for for the second son, were coming to the doctor's assistant. They storm in, and in his panic, he also shoots and kills the three of them. (gasps) While this is happening, there are still two family members. There is the mother and the daughter. And so Mrs. Mayberry is coming down the hall and he shot her once and she didn't die. Meanwhile, the daughter, 14-year-old Nellie, was running down the stairs. And so he shot Mrs. Mayberry a second time and the bullet grazed Nellie. At the bottom of the stairs, Nellie begged him for her life to not kill her. And what he told her was if she promised to attend his hanging because he knew there was no way that he was getting out of this alive, that he would let her live. And so she promised. And there are some versions of the story that say the two of them were actually secretly engaged and that he was stealing the watch in order for the two of them to elope. In any event, this occurred at 3 a.m. Next door at the saloon, they were shutting up for the night at about this time. And Pete Nelson, who is not related to Mark Nelson, the owner of the saloon and cleaning up, he heard the gunshot. So he came over and he too was shot and killed. So at 7 a.m., so hours later, Nelson tried to escape. Martin Nelson. And at this time, everyone in town already had known what what had happened. They had surrounded the boarding house. At the back door was the grocer, Herman Beck. And he was, as he was waiting, Martin Nelson snuck out the back and shot and killed him also. (gasps) So this was like a crazy series of events rightfully the most grisly, grisly murder in the history of Lincoln County. He tried to escape out to the canyon that was nearby, Littleton Canyon, and was pursued by a group of men from the city. And he did end up being shot and killed by the justice of the peace, Charlie Berry. So after all of this, All of his victims were buried in the town cemetery at the top of the hill. Martin Nelson, on the other hand, was buried outside of the cemetery. He was put into a a rough pine box face down with his body pointing to the west. So at the time during that era, bodies were typically buried face up as they are now, but they were also buried pointing east. And so the idea was they could rise and join Christ at the second coming. Pointing him west was an intentional decision. Some say that it was so that he would never be able to rest. And some say it was so that he would be unable to haunt the town. But in any event, that's how he was buried and buried on a flat area just outside of the city. The gold boom itself in the city lasted less than 20 years. Very quickly, they realized there was not really a lot of gold uh, to be found in that area. So some people stayed and farmed, but most people left and headed west to California to seek their fortunes. By 1911, 
the post office had closed. By 1920, the town was only seven or eight houses. In 1920, the Southern Pacific Railroad decided that they were interested in the town for the water rights. And so they purchased the town, purchased the remaining houses, and they dammed up Bonito Creek to create a reservoir, effectively filling in and creating a lake over where the city once stood. Before that happened in 1933, a local family did help dig up all of the bodies from the local cemetery to reinter them in a different cemetery, not far away, just a few miles away. Dr. Flynn was sent to Texas where his his family lived, but the rest of the victims were given new caskets and they were placed in a common grave with a shared marker in Agnes, New Mexico. Martin Nelson was also dug up and reburied. He was reburied east of the cemetery, not in the cemetery, east of the cemetery. His body was placed on a hill about 50 feet above the road, and that's where it remains today. It's overgrown, though it is marked with a concrete tombstone, should anyone want to go try to find it. When he was dug up, his cap, his green felt cap, his hat, was still preserved, and you could see the bullet holes in his cap. (gasps) So, a lake covered the city and has covered the previous resting place. This lake, it started as a place for use for water for the railroad. But as steam engines fell out of fashion, the railroad did sell that lake and it has turned into a recreational area. And they say, if you go out there at night, you might spot a man with a green hat, wandering, unable to rest. So that's oh, that's my story. It's so good. It's got oh. grisly true crime, a little bit of the supernatural. I've not been to Bonita Lake. I was going to ask you. Yeah, I've been to Lincoln County, but mm-hmm. now I think I gotta I gotta check out Bonita Lake. Yeah, because I've been to Riodoso, and I mean, you, it has such flair of the Old West. It does still feel, at least in my opinion, you do get like the, the, the draw to it. It does have that whole time that town kind of forgot, mm-hmm. like it's outlaw's land, you know? <laughs> it yeah. does have a little homage to that in parts of Riodoso for sure. God, you know what's so interesting? I'm listening to this, to this story, and I'm thinking to myself, yeah, one murder I can see, because it, you know, it caught you off guard, but you had to like reload for all the other ones. <laughs> yeah, it's not like an automatic. It's like a, a rifle, like an old timey yeah. rifle. Yeah. So I can just like, oh, uh, upon hearing, I'm like, oh, poor guy. You probably got so startled and scared, even with like the sons. You know, I'm like, you know, you're defending yourself. You got these people mad coming at you. But like, it just got out of hand. So just so grisly and violent. But the conscious choice to do that. Right. Oh, so interesting. And I want to know more about Nellie. Like, yeah. No. Oh, how awful. Like, everyone else. So, did her mother end up surviving the second shot? No, she her died. Her mother died. Oh, that poor baby. Yeah. I don't know. That is absolutely heartbreaking. Yeah. That's, but I mean, there's so many stories like that. The gold rush just brought people from all over. And not just 
all over, but all over for this common gold. Mm-hmm. Goal of gold. There we go. So it was this desperation, right? That mm-hmm. kind of brought people here and looking for, for fortune and oftentimes not finding it. And so you have this combination of people being away from their homelands and the desert in these places are rough. Like it They're is rough. It is not an easy go. There were houses, but a lot of people just kind of lived in tents. Yeah. Just, you know, it was so temporary and it was so quick. Just. It wasn't like travel today, right? And we've talked about this because we've both moved across oceans and that's that's hard. But like we have modern technology and all of that. It's so much easier, like even moving across an ocean now than it was to just move a couple states away back then. Mm-hmm. Well, think about it. I mean... If you lived in Texas at the very top, traveling down to the very bottom, I mean, we are talking about that is a long trek. It wouldn't just be driving it as long. I can't imagine traveling on foot with all your worldly possessions, hoping to find your fortune on top of other people who have reached a rock bottom place in a place that because it's so temporary, because it's tense, because it's more shanty than establishment it's lawless in places, you know, there is still a great amount of wildness to it. And that's what makes this story so captivating is that you almost understand the petty theft and you, you can understand where they're coming from. And at the same time, once again, the choices to murder in that amount and oh, that's crazy. Yeah. I think, I mean, the true crime always draws me to a, to a story, but I think part of what really drew me to the story was the idea of a lake resting mm. where there once was a city, where there once was like all of this. And I don't know, there there were accounts that many have dismissed as not true, but I really liked of like the water flowing in and like the last thing to, to be seen is like the steeple of the church and like, oh. I don't know. And then I guess they did have to drain the lake a couple years back, a few years back. And, like, they couldn't find any of the remains of this city because it's all been, like, just swallowed into the mud and pulled down. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, to, like, drain it for cleaning or something. And then they refilled it. But, yeah, I don't know. It's just, like, to think about all these, like, ghost towns and all the things that have happened to them and happened in them and mm. the lives lived and the lives ended and I don't know. I'm not like super into the old West for many reasons. <laughs> but I, I am attracted to the the ghost towns of New Mexico and the story of how and why. Mm, I agree. There is something very uh one they're on that cusp of being documented fairly well. At that turn of the century, because of the post office and everything, things are slightly more documented. So you had so much like history, even if there were some things that were like not 100 percent, but enough, you know. And of course, obviously, with the filling of this lake, that's still quite modern. There's a lot of documentation of the buying and selling of that land. So once again, it's that rooted in the truth and knowing that, yes, this place exists. You can pinpoint it onto the map. You can go find the headstone. That's what makes it so attractive. That's what really draws you to it. And these details about how he was buried is so like, chef kiss. Yeah. So in interest of the loop of other Mm. things to visit in the area. So yeah, visit the lake. You'll also definitely want to visit the 
Angus Cemetery, which is where those graves are now. There's also, strangely enough, an additional name on the communal headstone that uh-huh. is not mentioned in the story. R.F. Oswald. So that's kind of a strange, Ooh. a strange thing. You can also check just outside of the cemetery for Martin Nelson's grave. Not far from there in Lincoln County is also, and this is some dark history, y'all, is Fort Stanton, which uh. was the first World War II internment camp. Um, oh, so if you're looking, if you're looking for some ghosts, there's mm. definitely ghosts there. Don't really have to try there. Yeah. And also, just just over the border from Lincoln County is Roswell. So if you're really like into aliens, <laughs> you got to include that in your loop. You definitely do. And you know what? And demand to see them. You know, we didn't we didn't storm it for nothing. It's so true. It's go, true. Go reap the benefits of that. <laughs> oh, yeah. what a great find! That was perfect. Absolutely enjoyed that. Yeah. So happy Halloween, y'all. Happy Halloween. Check your candy before you eat it. Or don't if you like to live dangerously. (laughs) If you want us to feature your story next year. (laughs) Oh, man. I'm sure no one has like died of poison candy. That's like an urban legend. I'm like almost entirely sure. I don't know. I'll buy into it. You know, the because the thing is, there have been razor blades. So I like... Danny just head cocked to the side, not believing it. <laughs> you know what? Um, I've had a decent dental health, so I will gladly keep living and spreading those urban legends that there are razor blades and poison in the candy, so you must check it. You can't eat it while you do it. So I will I will keep that going. I'll keep the fires of lies going. That's fine. More candy for me. <laughs> Girl, let's not talk about trick-or-treating. Like, it's not. By the time like my the daughter real has thing. kids. Yeah, like, by the time my daughter has kids, they're going to be like, back when I was young, there was this ancient ritual. You would go to strangers' house and beg for candy or for mistreatment. It's, like, it's going to be such a thing As long as they aren't the doing that, that super sad, like, trunk trick-or-treating in a parking lot. <laughs> Girl, you know, especially because, like, we're a military family, people live for that. People yeah. like, they'll uh, move here in July and they'll just uh, be like, tell me about the chunker treats. Where they at? I, I've never been. I've never been. I've never been to one. Don't, there was, don't start. Don't are start. They really, are they really? Sad? Oh, I guess I'm a liar. I went to, it wasn't a trunker one. It was a drive through one last year because uh-huh. obviously COVID. And I actually thought it would, they decorated all of their trunks. And I thought it was actually really, they did such a good job. And they, they got like cylindrical cardboard tubing so they could be far away. And they would put the candy into the tube so it could get into my child's bucket through the car window so kids could still participate. And I was like, this is adorable and really sad because it was her first American in quotation marks Halloween. And it's like, I just don't ever, I don't foresee trick-or-treating lasting until yeah, her older I'll be older curious age. to hear if it's happening this year. I mean, <laughs> pre-pandemic, we only would get like three trick-or-treaters at my house. So mm. I'm, I'm guessing zero, but well, I will all... gladly buy some candy just in case. <laughs> well, they're all going to the trunk-or-treats or the mall. They're doing the mall thing. I think a lot of kids do that now. 
I think we're going, I don't know, there, there's like a, a nature reserve that's doing like a boo haunt with all the animals. So you can go see cougars and eagles and get some candy. So I'm like, that sounds wholesome. That's wholesome, but that ain't Halloween. I don't know. This is not some concrete zoo. This is the f- girl you've been in the woods. <laughs> this is like forest forest. Yeah, but if there's no blood rituals, what's the point? <laughs> you're right. And you know what? I should take that as seriously as humanly possible. <laughs> no, Tamika, don't. <laughs> you got to learn today, children. You're about to learn today. But wash your hands first before we get started. We have standards. In wash the your hands. Wear a mask. <laughs> All right, y'all. We want to hear all your Halloween thoughts. We are definitely open to hearing your scary stories, or if you want to point us in the direction of more scary stories. For us, Halloween is year-round, so send them to us at any time. Yes, they might be a happy place. They might be. Mm. All right, y'all. We'll be back next week with a full episode, and in two weeks with a mini-sode. Stay safe. Stay spooky. Stay spooky.